The name of today is also a command. March 4th. The world has changed a lot in the past several years, and it will change again as our future continuously becomes history. With so many potential choices and pathways, sometimes all you can do is March 4th. And today is a good day to ponder what that all may mean. This is Charlottesville Community Engagement, and I'm your host, Sean Tubbs, fervently hoping that you will find your way. On today's program, area transportation planners are submitting three projects to VDOT to improve the 5th Street corridor in both Albemarle County and Charlottesville. Riverbend Development has filed plans for a mixed-use community near the intersection of US-29 and Interstate 64. Another update on the pandemic, and it appears that Albemarle County may soon return to in-person meetings before too long. In today's first subscriber-supported shout-out, are you ready for mulch madness? The Rivanna Solid Waste Authority has a free mulch giveaway beginning tomorrow through April 16th. In between all of the big games, the Rivanna Solid Waste Authority wants you to get your yard ready for spring. If you have a way to transport mulch, head on over to the Ivy Materials Utilization Center between 7.30 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Saturday where you can pick up up to two tons free. Rivanna staff are available to help you load, but ask that you bring a covering for the mulch. The mulch is double ground and derived from vegetative materials brought to Ivy for disposal. That's Mulch Madness at the Ivy Material Utilization Center. Visit rivanna.org to learn more. The Omicron surge of COVID-19 that began in mid-December continues to slowly recede. Today, the Virginia Department of Health reports a 7-day percent positivity of 7.2, and the 7-day average of new cases is 1,026. The last time the number was at 7.2 was in early December. In the Blue Ridge Health District, there are 81 new cases reported today, and the percent positivity is 7%. Dr. Kosti Safri is the Director of Hospital Epidemiology at the University of Virginia Health System, and he said he expects the numbers to remain on a steady decline, but people should remain vigilant. I think we can anticipate the, the spring and, and hopefully the summer are going to be, um, you know, um, COVID's going to be much less of an issue for us on a day-to-day -day basis, but we should um, uh, anticipate that um, it, it could come back. Dr. Sifri said there are no new variants of concern on the horizon, but a substrain of Omicron continues to spread. He said monitoring efforts must continue and also be strengthened. The um, genome surveillance systems uh, around the country and around the world um, have continued to improve. There can, needs to be continued investment in those um, to, to beef those up so that we can have better early warning signals um, for um, variants of concern. This week, a new law went into effect in Virginia, allowing parents and guardians to let their children opt out of mask mandates in public schools. The Centers for Disease Control lists this region as having a high level of transmission. It seems very prudent to me that um, students continue to mask um, indoors until those case counts come down to a low level. Tonight, the University of Virginia Medical Center's South Tower will be illuminated in blue and yellow to support members of the community who are affected by the Putin administration's invasion of Ukraine. That will continue on Saturday and Sunday night. 
Dr. Sifri called the invasion a humanitarian catastrophe that could be compounded by COVID. You know, I do think about this intersection between the pandemic and and, and what's occurring, especially with displaced peoples. Um, you know, Ukraine has um, a, populace, a populace that's, um, I think, only 40 percent vaccinated and they're um, having to flee um, um, their country and their cities, their homes um, on buses and trains. And um, we can anticipate we're going to be, you know, living in very um, challenging situations, probably in large um you know, multi-family um, um, settings and the opportunities um, in that setting for for um, uh, an infectious disease like like COVID um, to, to cause problems are, are tremendous. Dr. Sifri said the world's response to COVID, as well as other challenges, speaks to the need to be prepared for crises before they happen. Albemarle County and Charlottesville remain underneath a local state of emergency, which has meant virtual meetings for the past two years. On Wednesday, the Board of Supervisors were briefed on the steps to move forward. Doug Walker is the Deputy County Executive. Um, the local emergency has, uh, has allowed the county um, a number of advantages in addressing timely uh, uh, issues related to mitigating uh, the spread of the COVID virus uh, during the emergency. We now believe that the uh, that, uh, that those advantages no longer are necessary, are needed, uh, and that we are in the process of returning to a more normal operation. The board will be asked to vote on a resolution to end the emergency, while also allowing the continuity of government ordinance to remain in place. That would allow for some meetings to remain virtual for a period of time. However, if they adopt the ordinance as prepared, the Board of Supervisors, Planning Commission, and the school board would begin holding hybrid meetings beginning with the first week of April. Other groups, such as the Economic Development Authority, would begin hybrid meetings in June, and others would have up until the end of March 2023 to meet virtually. To make way for those hybrid meetings, Lane Auditorium might be configured to allow distance seating on the left-hand side of the room and normal seating on the right-hand side. Total visitor capacity would be capped at 200. The ventilation system has been upgraded to refresh the air in the auditorium at least 10 times an hour. The resolution will be voted on at the March 16th meeting. The highway-like character of US-29 in Albemarle County, southwest of Charlottesville, will further change in the near future now that a rezoning has been filed for around 63.5 acres around the Virginia Eagle Distribution Center. Riverbend Development is seeking a rezoning to the Neighborhood Model District to build several hundred apartment units. Here's a section of the narrative for the application. This project will include a mix of residential and commercial units, as anticipated by the comprehensive plan for this location. Approximately 475 residential units are proposed, primarily multifamily. Also proposed are a hotel, a congregate care facility, office buildings, and retail. The Board of Supervisors adjusted the county's growth area boundaries in September of 2015 to add 51 acres at this location as part of an incentive package to attract a brewery to locate at the site. That was a lower amount than had been requested, and all of this property is within the jurisdictional area for public water and sewer. 
At 64.36 acres, the Sieg property is strategically positioned at the crossroads of Interstate 64 and Route 29, and within the growth area of Albemarle County. This land is ideally situated for a new, mixed-use community with a variety of housing options, office sites, aging in place, and retail destinations. The comprehensive plan designates the land as regional mixed-use. Riverbend Development will pay to extend water and sewer to the properties. US-29 is considered by the Virginia Department of Transportation to be a corridor of statewide significance. A traffic light was installed in late 2020 on the southern side of the US-29 and I-64 interchange as part of a smart-scale-funded effort to make the junction safer. That signal is about 1,400 feet away from Gold Eagle Drive, which would serve as one primary access point to the property, with Shepherds Hill Road serving as the second. The plans propose a Green T intersection, which would halt southbound traffic on US-29 at a second traffic light in the area. More on this project, as more becomes known, a community meeting for the rezoning has not yet been scheduled. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement for March 4th, 2022. In today's second subscriber-supported shout-out, Livable Seaville wants you to know about an online presentation coming up on Wednesday, March 16th. Can zoning create a more affordable Charlottesville? That's the question to be explored by Dr. Jenny Schutz of the Brookings Institute. She's the author of Fixer Upper, How to Repair America's Broken Housing Systems. The event is free, but you'll have to register at eventbrite.com. One more segment today, and it's only part of the meeting that I was covering. Efforts are underway to secure funding to transform the character of 5th Street and 5th Street Extended between Ridge Street in the city of Charlottesville and Ambrose Commons in Albemarle County. There are at least three projects being considered for the next round of the Virginia Department of Transportation's Smart Scale process. Sandy Shackelford is the Director of Planning and Transportation for the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission. Smart Scale is the process that the state uses to prioritize and fund transportation projects. The deadline for the fifth round is approaching later this spring. Each locality can submit up to four projects, and regional planning bodies also get four. Projects are evaluated and given a benefit score based on how well the project meets needs in areas like safety, congestion relief, and economic development. Project pre-applications must be submitted by March 31st, with a final application in August. The results will be presented to the Commonwealth Transportation Board next January, Funding is limited. The TJPDC held a workshop on February 28th to present candidates to the public. Charlottesville will only submit one application this year, and that will be for safety improvements on 5th Street Extended that could be coordinated with a previous smart scale project. Brendan Duncan is the city's traffic engineer. Um, We do currently have a, a funded project at the intersection of Cherry and Elliott. Um, So we are looking to kind of connect to that already funded project and continue south. How far south depends on how much funding would be available. 
Earlier this year, the city council dropped the speed limit on 5th Street extended to 40 miles per hour to try to slow down traffic after a series of fatalities in 2020. We're primarily focused on safety, congestion, um, pedestrian access, and, and bicycle access. Duncan said public meetings will be held in April to shape this project, and there is no current cost estimate. There are other previously awarded SmartScale projects along this corridor. Further to the south, the Metropolitan Planning Organization will submit an application to make improvements for a four-tenths of a mile long stretch, where Albemarle County is on one side of the road and Charlottesville is on the other. Ryan Mickles is a regional planner with the Thomas Jefferson Planning District. The Fifth Street improvements include adding the left turn lane south into Fifth Street Station Parkway, medium adjustment into the Willoughby Shopping Center across from the Willoughby Residential Neighborhood, construction of a left turn lane mid-block into Willoughby Square Shopping Center from Fifth Street, traveling north, uh, restricting south turn lane into the Willoughby Square Shopping Center. A shared use path is also suggested in this project, as are other elements. There's no cost estimate yet for this project. Another potential project would see bicycle and pedestrian improvements between Ambrose Commons to Stagecoach Road, south of I-64. This would provide a way to get to Southwood on foot or bike while passing by the Albemarle Business Campus and Albemarle County's Southern Office Building. Chuck Proctor is a transportation planner with VDOT. We're going to basically install a shared use path on the west side of the road, offset by a six-foot buffer strip. In the fourth SmartScale round, Albemarle County won $5.263 million in funding for a roundabout at the intersection of Old Lynchburg Road and 5th Street. The Board of Supervisors committed a $2 million match to that project to help improve its ranking under SmartScale. I will have more from this workshop in future installments of Charlottesville Community Engagement. But that is it for this installment, the March 4th, 2022 edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement. Thank you so much to everybody who has supported this March Forward with community information. We are coming closer and closer to 400 paid subscribers, which is fantastic. Thank you so much to everybody, whether you're chipping in um, at the $5 a month level through Patreon or Substack up to much higher levels. You know, every single bit comes in and every single person who is funding this I truly, truly uh, just, you know, I'm gushing here at, at, at how satisfied I am that I'm able to do this work every day. It is Friday, which means I'm going to try to not have an installment out tomorrow, but who knows? There is so much I'm trying to comb through. I might just go ahead and try to get it out Monday morning. But there definitely will be a week ahead that comes out on There's also the February Charlottesville property transactions. There's some really interesting stuff in there that I've got to get through. And of course, that's what I will be doing between now and the time you get to see that. Of course, that does go out to Substack and Patreon subscribers uh, for a $5 a month contribution. You get a first look, then it goes out to the rest of the world on infoseville.com. For all the details and how you can support this program, please do click on infoseville.com and click on the support the info button at the top of the page. I am Sean Tubbs, the host of this program. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Stay, uh, you know, I'm just going to go with what I said earlier. Stay vigilant. Um, Anything could potentially happen and we should always be prepared at all times um, and all of that. March 4th, that's today. 
Thank you so much. Goodbye.